This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, I'm getting really real about one of the projects that is most near and dear to my heart, which is my online courses. I introduced online courses to my roster of revenue streams a few years ago now. I think I launched my first one about two and a half years ago. And honestly, I just kind of wanted to do it. I wanted to see how it worked. I had been listening to Amy Porterfield on repeat, basically. I was absolutely obsessed with her. Still am. She's still so great, so smart. And she does a lot of that kind of stuff, a lot of educational stuff and courses. And, you know, I felt really inspired to add it to my services. And I felt really inspired. So I launched my first course. It was called A Journey Social. It still exists and may or may not have just went through a relaunch, which is exciting. And it's all about how to become a freelance social media manager. I've since introduced one other paid course and one free course. And they have turned out to be very successful for me. They've turned out to be really great additions to my existing revenue streams, but it hasn't always been this way. It's been a learning process for sure. So don't worry, this isn't more of the same regurgitated tips that you've already heard before. Um, but I do have to say that I did document my my process of building the course on YouTube. So I will be sure to link that video in the show notes if you want to know the technical stuff of how to build a course and what platforms I used and all of that. But today's episode is really all about the mistakes that I made when I first launched my first course, The Journey Social, and how my next launch will be uh, much better. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh so rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. So like I said, creating online courses can be a really great way to not only add additional revenue streams to your income, but it can also help establish you in your industry. So when I first introduced A Journey Social, I wasn't really known for being a social media girl on YouTube. I was more doing like lifestyle stuff and beauty and fashion stuff still. And I knew I wanted to transition my brand to become more about the freelancing stuff, more about social media. And honestly, if I had never built that course, I'm not sure the road would have been quite as easy for me. I get comments all the time that people found me through my course, you know, or even if they didn't find me, maybe they found me on YouTube, but they took my course and they realize that I know what I'm talking about. Um, I think that it can be kind of like a book or maybe hosting a TV show. It's kind of like a little bit of that credibility in your industry. Um, And so I think it's a great move for people to make, even if it is just for you. Like even if it's just to say, I did this, hey, I'm an expert or whatever equivalent. I never like to use the word expert about myself. Can I just say that? But, you know, 
I know what I'm talking about, basically. It can it can definitely work in your favor. So that kind of brings me to my first major mistake that I had with my course was that I really didn't have a goal. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I just sort of wanted to test and see if it even worked, if I even liked it, if anyone purchased it, um, if it resonated with anyone. I really had no idea what I was doing or getting myself into. So I didn't have a goal for myself. I didn't have a financial goal, which is crazy to a lot of people. I didn't have a number of sale goal, sales goals. Um, I didn't even have like an outcome like, okay, I want to reach these people or I want to speak at this many events because of this. Like I, I didn't have anything going on. To be completely honest with you, my goal was to sell one course. <laughs> Which, you know, really setting the bar quite high. You know, like I said, I had no idea who this was going to reach. I had no idea what was going to come out of this. And I really just wanted to see if I could sell one. And I did. I sold several, actually. I mean, I sold, you know, now I've sold thousands of the course um, over time. But within launch week or launch month, I guess, because you'll see why I say launch week or month later in the episode, I didn't really have a good launch period either. Uh, whatever. At launch, I did sell, I don't know, 20, 30, something like that, which wasn't terrible, to be honest with you. It's definitely not terrible when you compare it to the goal, which is one. So, you know, that was great. But, you know, part of me is proud of myself in a way for not tripping myself up with numbers, not kind of discouraging myself with hard goals or anything like that. But I know that I could have done better. And I know that even now, where I'm at now, could have been a totally different story if I would have made some goals. And I'm not even saying necessarily financial goals, like I said, Um, because my course was never about the money. It was really just about seeing if I could do it. It was sort of another challenge for me. It has since turned into a portion of my income, but it could have been email signups. It could have been Facebook group members. It could have been so, so, so many different things. And I just made zero goals at all. So what I've done for my subsequent launches and what I'll continue to do for my next launches is set a goal. Obviously, I now set financial goals because I do really see the power of course sales and You know, in the beginning, I just kind of thought it was going to be like, oh, I'll make like a hundred bucks. And, you know, you can definitely make more if you put your mind to it and if you price things right and all of that. So I definitely will be setting some financial goals for myself and I am going to go with a good, better, best model. So good, better, best models of goals, I think are really great because again, like I'm not stressing myself out by saying I need to make a million dollars and Obviously, let's be honest, I'm not going to make a million dollars. I can make a really realistic good goal, you know, a semi-unrealistic better goal and kind of a pie-in-the-sky best sales goal number. And it challenges you to reach those stretch goals. It helps you challenge yourself to make sure that you're staying on track. And it also is really good for accountability because I, I guess I didn't really get into that yet. You know, creating a course doesn't take a ton of money. A lot of the tools that I used were free. I used, you know, Final Cut Pro to edit. I used Canva to create the slides. Actually, for my first course, it was terrible. We'll get into that later. I used something even worse than Canva. Um, So a lot of the creation, I don't think I paid for anything when it comes to the creation, but I did have to pay to host the course. 
I did invest a little bit of money on advertising, a little bit of money on freelancers to help me proofread things and all that. So you you have to set goals to at least break even. I mean, I definitely at least spent a few hundred dollars on things for launch period and I needed to at least break even. So that's one of the big things that I switched up with my strategy is just making sure to set goals, like realistic goals and a little bit more pie in the sky because, you know, it's good to have a dream. (laughs) I mean, I really do believe that. I come from a retail background. Uh, When I was in high school and college, I was a retail manager for several major retailers and we always had sales goals. Like it just makes sense. You know, I think about it in my business and I'm like, how in the heck can I create something that doesn't have a sales goal? I'm so used to doing that. It just doesn't even make sense when you, when you take a step back and look at it. Um, how you could just be willy nilly. I would never open up my store being a, a retail manager and just hope to make a dollar that day. Like that just doesn't make sense. That's not how business works. So yes, setting some sales goals. And also I think I am going to go ahead and set some of those other, other goals like email signups because how the platform that I use works is you can sign up for like a trial. So even if the person doesn't commit to the course fully, I can still get their email address and then put them into a nurturing campaign or email them with other content or follow up with them to see whether you're not purchasing, whatever. So I still want to get X number of emails. Uh, Also pre-sales. That's one thing that I did do. I did do pre-sales. And so I'm really proud of myself for actually going ahead and doing that because I think it's a really smart strategy, but I think I'm going to have another number of pre-sale goals for my next launch as well, not just sales, because pre-sales are really good indicators of how the course is going to do. So that was one thing that gave me some confidence in my first launch is I did have quite a few people who bought the course before it went live. I actually had think like five, which I know some people are just dying laughing. They're like, that's quite a few, but quite a few considering all the other things I didn't do. I mean, five was quite a few. So yeah, I did have a few people sign up for pre-sale, which did give me some hope. You know, I was like, okay, five people believe in me enough without even seeing the content to purchase. So I believe I can make this happen. So anyway, I'm going to have some pre-sale goals as well as some final sales goals. And um, I think that's going to help move the needle. Now let's talk about that terrible design, which I think was my big crucial mistake number two. Um, It's a mistake, but it's also something that I'm sort of proud of (laughs) in a way. I'm in the middle of a relaunch, let let me just say. For that two and a half years or two years, however long it's been out, it has been selling in this terrible design, this terrible format. This just, it's very unattractive. It is. I got the slides from this free PowerPoint website that does allow for commercial use. So it's, the website isn't terrible. There were good PowerPoint designs on there. It's just, I picked one that was almost like a square. It wasn't the right dimensions for viewing it on a computer. So there's number one, mistake number one. Number two, it just like, it just wasn't good. You know, it just wasn't pretty. I could have done better. Um, I could have hired somebody. I could have used Canva. Canva is like a lifesaver, can I just say? And yeah, it was just not a, not a pretty design. I mean, I guess I should be a little softer on myself. It wasn't terrible per se, but it just wasn't good, especially coming from a creative background and coming from the fact that, you know, most of the people who did purchase my course were um, subscribers of mine on YouTube or had found me on YouTube. And I'm not saying that my YouTube videos are like grade A Casey Neistat, you know, like amazing quality, but I mean, it's a video. Like people are used to a certain, uh, 
you know, a certain quality from my content. And I just don't feel like that was it. And it's not that I didn't try my best. So I will say, you know, it's not like I was lazy. I worked so hard on that first course. I mean, courses take up a lot of time and effort if you didn't know that already. Um, So I did work very, very hard on it. It's just that I didn't really know how to do it. It was my first thing. And again, like I didn't know if anyone was going to buy this. And I remember having this doubt in the back of my head when I was spending hours and hours of doing voiceovers and editing and all this stuff. I was like, nobody's even going to buy this. And I'm spending like hours and hours and hours of my time. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to stress out too much about it being perfect. Well, turns out it ended up being, you know, not like a major million dollar course or anything like that, but it did end up being a substantial part of my brand. And I wish I would have invested a little bit more time, a little bit more resources into making it look aesthetically pleasing. So people could screenshot it and share it. So people could, you know, just feel like it was a little more exciting, share, you know, you're more willing to share something with your friends, tell your friends about it, screenshot things, whatever, when they look good, right? We live in the social media age. Um, Aesthetic is kind of everything, especially when they're used to a certain standard from you. So that's one thing that I definitely just learning, you know, a little how to design things a little bit better, how to get my Canva fingers working a little better, how to, you know, outsource when I need to. If I don't know how to do something or if I just don't have the time, I'm just going to go on Upwork or go, you know, find a freelancer, have an assistant help me, whatever I need to do to um, make it look really good. So that's kind of been solved. My next course was Money Making Micro Influencer, and I think it was a significant improvement, although I really did not like how the video portion turned out. I saved the videos for the very end. I had like a week until launch and I did all the the direct-to-camera, like me talking to the video the end and of course it happened to be a day when I had a breakout um which I don't break out very often um but of course (laughs) that day I don't know probably stress related so to break out and it was very distracting to me I don't know if anyone else has noticed it but I just wasn't happy with that I wasn't happy with the lighting so again for this next launch I rented an Airbnb made sure I had like adequate space again $150 investment into an Airbnb is hopefully going to pay off. And I included that, you know, into my sales goal. Like I'm going to make that $150 back for the Airbnb and it's going to be all good. I'm going to have the space. I'm going to have lighting. I have a crew helping me just a much, much better, um, process this time. So yeah, you live and you learn, uh, just so you guys know, Canva does have really great presentation options. Just if you're doing a course, I would recommend doing the wider, um, version, the more, uh, I don't know exactly the sizing six, nine, I think is what it is. I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head, whatever the 1920 by 1080 or whatever, like the video format or video size, um, Use that one, I think, if you're going to use Thinkific, which is what I use to build my courses. And I, I always say this in my episodes, but everything will be linked in the show notes. So make sure to go to journeyscom slash podcast slash whatever episode number this is, or you can also just click in like Apple or whatever. And all of the links will be included. I do have some referral codes to Thinkific, so you can save a little bit of money if you decide to use that platform. I have, you know, lots of fun, lots of fun links. So Yes, design could have been improved. Okay, next two points are really kind of all in one. So I guess I'll just include this as the third and final crucial error. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but if you're new here, you might not know this yet. I'm actually launching this show with no paid sponsorships. So since I'm not giving my airtime to 
the man, I'm giving it to me. Make sure to stop by my resources page and claim 20% off my freelance social media manager and money-making micro-influencer courses just for being a listener. These courses are self-paced, yours forever, and handcrafted, especially by moi. Not only do I offer secret insights that I don't even share here on the show, but they also include tons of PDFs and worksheets that will help you get your freelancing wheels a-turnin'. Use the code FREEFRYPOD, all one word, at ajourneyeast.com slash resources. The link is in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. Was basically just my entire launch strategy, which I know is a lot, like an entire launch strategy. Like you had to have done something right, right? Mm. I think the only thing, my, my saving grace of my launch strategy was kind of just like the pre-sale portion. I mean, besides that, I'll tell you what my launch strategy was. It was pre-sale on my website without a landing page. Like, you know how you can buy like entre pages or lead pages or whatever, those cost money. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I'm just gonna build one on Squarespace, which is fine, but you gotta do it right. Or you can hire someone like my team to help you do that right on Squarespace. So yeah, I just built this kind of DIY like cover page on Squarespace, pre-sold a couple. And then what else did I do for launch? I, okay, I decided to launch launch on Black Friday. (laughs) I'm laughing. I cannot even believe that. I launched on Black Friday and I launched by posting a YouTube video that was a little bit clickbaity. And I sent an email to my email list of about 80 people at the time, I think, which I'm pretty proud of how much my email list has grown. So there's one good thing that I've done. I'm just kidding. I'm going to stop being so self-deprecating. Um, yeah, I had an email list of about 80. I sent an email to them and then I just, I don't know, I posted on Facebook and stuff, you know, posted on my social channels. I think I did like a $50 ad budget on Facebook. Again, no market research done for that. No, just, you know, just kind of like threw 50 bucks at the wall basically. So here are the things that I think are really important to a launch. Um, okay, so Black Friday, I don't know why I chose that date. I get I guess one other thing that I think I did really well was that I did choose a date. I mean, I think I chose the wrong date, but I think I chose a date and that was good because I find for myself and for a lot of people, putting it out into to the universe sort of acts as accountability. And especially if you pre-sell, I mean, I would never take money from someone and not follow up with that. Like if somebody paid me $5, I will finish the course. You know what I mean? I'm not going to not finish something that someone's paid me for. So I do think that that is a good plan if you need some accountability to finish the course. If I were to just say, you know, I'll finish it when I finish it. I still would have never launched it because I am a perfectionist despite my terrible design. That's also kind of the reason for my design is that that launch date that I set for myself. And yeah, I just, I would have never launched to be completely honest with you. So I am happy with myself that I did study date. Now, Black Friday, some of you guys might be thinking, well, I don't see why that's that bad of an idea. (laughs) Well, you know, a course isn't really something that you buy people for Christmas. And even if it was, I didn't even have any gifting options. Like if I did really want to launch on Black Friday, I should have had some advertisements that geared it towards gifting because that's what a lot of people do buy on Black Friday. Now, with that said, people do shop a lot for themselves on Black Friday. Again, I come from a retail background, so I probably could pull out some stats from my handy dandy retail notebook 
from back in my college days, but I don't really remember, but I definitely know that a lot of people do buy for themselves on Black Friday, but still an online course or digital product just isn't really like the mindset that a lot of people are in. I think that I could have done a little bit of research and figured that out, but it was what it was. Again, I sold a couple. So, I mean, I, it wasn't, you know, so somebody's always going to buy something. I think that you can also time things too much and try to make it like the perfect time, the perfect season. And, you know, people are always going to buy at off season or whatever. They're going to buy um, opposite of what trends say and all of that and what patterns show. But I definitely would not launch another course on Black Friday. And in addition to the sales perspective of it, it made my life really stressful because I actually, I don't talk about this too much in my content, um, but I feel very open on podcasts. So let me just say, I do suffer pretty badly from anxiety, social anxiety, and holidays for some reason are like terrible for me. I don't know if anybody else feels the same way. I get really in a really bad headspace. I get like very bad anxiety, very bad depression around the holiday time. And so adding another stressor onto my life was just not a smart idea at that time. I should have just been doing a lot of self-care, a lot of tea drinking, a lot of cuddling in my blankets and like watching TV whenever I wasn't working. Um, So now I do try to take the winter, really the entire winter, especially the holiday season, really, really easy for myself, for, for my personal mental health. But, you know, it's also just not a great time, I don't think, for digital sales. Now, for YouTube videos, that's another story that's actually a really great advertising period for YouTube videos. So I do try to amp up my content on YouTube, but, like, selling a course, um, not necessarily the best time. So that wasn't a great idea. Now, everything else <laughs> was bad, too. Um yeah, I didn't really do too much of a lead up. Um, again, like I said, my YouTube channel was not what it is today. I'm really happy that I kind of shifted gears and my next courses have been so much more in line with the other types of content that I produce. So it makes it a little bit easier to do a lead up. You know, I can start talking about courses and vlogs a month or two out and it starts to get people excited, starts to get people on my email list, get to follow me, all of that. I would probably say that a month or two is probably the absolute max that you should start talking about things because you never want to be that person who is like the someday launcher either. I definitely know some of those people, bless their hearts, but they just never launch. It's like, you know, next year I'm going to launch this, six months I'm going to launch this, and then it just never comes around. And so you never want to be that person, but talking about it a month or two in advance, I think is appropriate. It gets, it's enough time for people to get excited, enough time for people to get sort of familiar with the product and for you to sort of gauge interest, maybe take a couple of requests, ask some questions. I love using Instagram stories for some, you know, you market research basically with my audience, a little bit of a focus group, but it's not so far in advance that they're like, you know, waiting. That's how I feel like Game of Thrones, the the TV show. My boyfriend loves that show. And I just feel like I know it takes a lot to make that show because it's so visually complex, I guess you could say. But I just feel like he waits like two years in between seasons. I mean, seriously, I feel like it's honestly that long. I feel like it's so, so long. And I don't know. I just personally would lose interest. That's how kind of how I felt about um, some of the Netflix shows like Orange is the New Black. Like I just lost interest because it took too long. So you don't want to be that person. Advertising. I'm a social media manager. I manage ads all day long for other people. And when it comes to myself and my own products, I let that 
not be a priority. And I'm not sure why, because I do know the power of Facebook advertising and, you know, just social media advertising in general. So just a strategy. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what that strategy should be because it really does depend on what the course is. I did in a money-making micro-influencer course, which was largely about YouTube and Instagram. Obviously, those platforms should be a part of my advertising strategy. For Journey Social, there were a million things that I could do, and I didn't do any of them. I threw 50 bucks at the wall. So note to self, uh, don't throw 50 bucks at the wall. And let's be honest, it takes money to make money. Again, I was very, very scared about my first course because I just didn't think it was going to make me any money. I, I didn't want to end up in the hole of all places. So 50 bucks was kind of like what I was willing to lose. Now that I know that I will hopefully knock on wood make, you know, more than 50 bucks with my next, my next course, I know that it does take money to make money. And then I'm probably going to have to invest a little bit more into advertising if I want to make more money back. So again, just more things I learned. I am still learning about email marketing, but I do know that what I did wasn't ideal. I think a lot of times as freelancers, we get hung up on the fact that I don't know a lot about XYZ. I don't know a lot about Facebook ads. I don't know a lot about email marketing. And that may be true and definitely learn. Like I've been taking courses myself. I've been getting on webinars, all that stuff. But either way, even if you don't know something 100% doesn't mean that you can't like make a solid attempt or try to make a strategy or reach out for help. And you can always look at things from the eyes of a consumer. And I know as somebody who gets 10 zillion emails a day, I would probably never buy from somebody who like I didn't know who she was or, you know, I'd signed up for an email list two years ago and she just sent me an email about her course asking me to buy something or um, even if it was somebody who I knew and just kind of didn't get that lead in. There's so many different strategies you can take with a course launch via email that are really cool. I really love the sequential kind of emails where you ask people to maybe sign up for a free mini version of your course, like a four day mini course, and you send them an email every day. And then the final email is, you know, the full pitch and maybe they get a discount or something like that. I could have just been doing a newsletter or doing something, but what I did was nothing. I literally sent an email. I think it was when it went live for pre-sale and then when it went live for sale. And even after that, I didn't do any follow-up. I didn't try again. I mean, I just think about how many times I get offers in my email that I honestly just ignore, whether it's to buy something, whether it's from a sponsor, whether it's from a, you know, somebody who wants to do, I don't know, just get in touch with me for an interview or something like that. And I just am so busy that, I mean, oftentimes I just ignore the emails, first of all. Um, And then sometimes I do open them and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. But I'm like at work, I'm, you know, in the line at the grocery store, whatever. And I just forget about it. So why would I just send one email? You know, (laughs) like there were so many things that I did wrong with email. Um, So yeah, I have invested a lot, a lot of brain power, resources, help, all of that into my email strategy for my next launches because it's really important and my list has grown quite a bit. And the cool thing is that my list has grown a lot because of my previous courses. So I know that these people are interested in my courses. So for the next courses that I, I launch, I know that they're kind of at least a warm lead. They're not just coming out of nowhere. They're not just coming from my YouTube videos who may or may not be interested in buying something. So email strategy is a big thing. And then the final, final thing. I actually launched on Black Friday. Or actually, you know what? I think it was Cyber Monday. Let me give myself at least a little bit of credit. It was not Black Friday. It was Cyber Monday. Either way, I launched and I kept saying, this is a soft launch. This is a soft launch. Like this is just to see, to test the waters. First of all, 
don't do a soft launch. I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. But for me, I'm not going to do any soft launches anymore because I never, I feel like a lot of people do this. A lot of people soft launch and then they never hard launch. And that's exactly what I did. I was like, oh yeah, this is just kind of the launch for my community. I'm going to see what the initial feedback is. I'm going to, and then I was like, it's out there. I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm stressed out. And now it's the holidays, you know, like I was deep into December at that point. Um, so I had these really wonderful plans to launch with a webinar, which webinars really sell me. Okay. The first time that I ever was on a webinar, like a sales kind of webinar was Hillary Rashford's. She has a company, Dean Street Society. I randomly got on one of her Instagram webinars and I was like sold. She is great. I love this. She's amazing. And she is, she's brilliant. I love her. But, um, Webinars really sell me for some reason. I love learning and I think that webinars are a really good gauge of interest again because if a person is willing to sit through to the end of your webinar to hear you give your pitch, that probably means that they're really invested in learning and developing themselves. And you know, as much as I want to sell courses and get those numbers, I also really want to impact people and touch people's lives and mean something to them. And I want them to get the value out of the content that I'm delivering. I don't wanna just sell people things that they're never gonna touch or sell people things that, you know, they don't really care about. So getting someone to sit through a 30, 40 minute webinar, whatever, I'm not a genius and expert at webinars and how long they should be, but getting someone to sit through something like that is a really great way to build a relationship with them and a really great way to see if they would actually be interested in purchasing and learning uh, from your course. So I didn't do that and I didn't even do anything else. Like I said, I could have done like an email version, like a sequential email mini course. I could have done, I could have done, 10 zillion things. I did zero. I launched it, threw 50 bucks at the wall and kind of just hoped for the best. So that's something that I'm really excited to learn more about for future launches is webinars. They don't need to be this crazy production. You can actually do them with Google Hangouts or YouTube Live, whatever it's called, and Squarespace, the Squarespace landing page. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for the future and I know that my next courses are going to be great. I really hope that this episode maybe gave you a couple of little chuckles here at um, how ignorant I was about a lot of things <laughs> and hopefully helped you as well and taught you something. So if you're going to launch a course, if you're going to launch an ebook, if you're going to launch a YouTube channel, I mean, honestly, a lot of these things are applicable. So I wish you all the best with your launches and I look forward to joining you back here next week for a new episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. Let me know if you're listening, uh, send me a tweet at a journey East or an Instagram story at a journey East underscore. I always love hearing from you guys and I can't can't wait to talk to you again. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.